Hi friends, welcome along. This is the Influence Podcast. If you're looking to inspire more people, have a positive impact on a global scale, build an influential and magnetic brand, and build a profitable business with your unique gifts and talents, then the Influence Podcast is for you. I'm your host, Jake Adam Davey, former high school French and Spanish teacher, turned international speaker, online business coach, and Instagram growth and monetization enthusiast. You can find tools, resources, and so much more on the website, jakeadamdavy.com. And you can also say hello on Instagram at jakeadamdavy. Please also, if you're enjoying the podcast, do feel free to leave a review. The more stars, the better, of course. But equally, if you're not enjoying it, you are still invited to leave a review. The one thing I would also ask is, of course, sharing is caring. So if you've listened to something or heard something in the podcast that you think you've enjoyed or would be useful and beneficial to other people, then please do hit that share button and pass it on to somebody that you know. I'd be so very, very grateful and so thankful if you did. Now let's dive into today's episode on the Influence Podcast. Hey, how's it going? So in this video come uh, podcast episode, uh, I want to talk you through the um, a money management system that I use, um, something which I was taught probably about four years ago when I first launched my online business. And um, it's often a question that comes up. I mean, it's, it's more time and time again, one of the major things that comes up with regards finances and financial management and such. And so um, probably the easiest thing to do, I felt, was to, to just really just kind of sketch it out, draw it out, and show exactly the process that I use as well. Uh, there's a couple of people I want to recommend and reference as part of this. Um, this was originally showed to me by uh, my mentor, Paul Omani. Uh, I've done quite a lot of reading um, books from Dr. John D. Martini, and his book in particular, um, how, how, to, uh, how to Make One Hell of a Profit and Still Get to Heaven, was extremely useful for this. And then there's also a really good website that I'd recommend that you check out as well, which is called sixjars.com. That's the number six, sixjars.com. Um, so there's a couple of ways that you may be consuming this. I'm going to keep that uh, the, that explain, explanation to a minimum. Uh, I'm recording this as an audio for a podcast. So if you're listening to the podcast, uh, then obviously you can get the audio description. But I'm also going to um, just try something totally new and sketching this out on my um, on my iPad so that I can then use this as a video on the website as well. So if you would like to, um, if you're listening to this as a podcast, but you'd actually like to see the, the, the video version and how it's all sketched out, uh, then head across to um, to the website, jakeadamdavy.com, and we'll point you in the direction for that. Um, just so that you've got uh, you've got an idea and you can watch that video. Or, uh, in fact, we'll also put a link in the, uh, in the show notes as well, so you've got access to that. Okay, so... The idea being, and where this kind of originates from, um, uh, with, with, uh, with giving a little bit of backstory, but I guess without giving too much, but um, one of the, the major challenges that a lot of people have uh, around finances, and I'm, I certainly, just again to um, preempt this, I'm certainly not saying that I'm any kind of financial expert. I'm not. I'm not qualified in any way. Um, but the, the system that I learned and the system I'm about to share, I found extremely extremely useful for how I manage my um, day-to-day finances, how I manage my personal finances, and I, I've been implementing this, as I say, for the past four years or so. There is actually something that I do uh, differently within the business finances. That could well be a topic for a, another uh, podcast and another video, um, so I will I will share that as well. 
Uh, but it very much came about the idea that as you are, um, uh, I, I guess, as, as, as money comes in, um, you know, we, we quite often, the majority of people, I, I would suggest, the majority of people fall into this trap and the idea of um, there always seems to be more, that, that phrase that a lot of people use, more month um, at the end of your money. So opposed to there being more money at the end of the month, there's always more month at the end of your money and uh, effectively meaning that your money runs out um, before you get to the end of the month. So the, the start of the month, you know, after you've been paid in a job or in your business, whatever that might be, then the first few days, the first few weeks are always pretty lucrative. You know, you can splash the cash a little bit, but then by the end of the month, uh, it feels like lean, lean times and you're kind of penny pinching and all this kind of stuff and just making sure that you, you're living uh, quite frugally, okay? And for a lot of people go this route day to day. They have one uh, major bank account. In fact, let's start drawing this out now so that if you are watching the video, uh, hopefully this is a little less boring. Um, most people tend to have one major bank account uh, and this is where the, the money comes in. And believe it or not, it's quite often the same bank account that people set up um, when they perhaps uh, are at university, even younger than that, when they are first at college, uh, when they are um, you know, getting educated for the very first time, whatever, the, oh, well, say getting educated, but maybe when they open their first bank account, right? Either so that they can save money that's coming in from family or from a job or whatever that might be. And it's quite incredible. I'll ask you, you know, ask, ask yourself this right now. Are you still using the same bank account that you opened when you were younger or a child? And quite shockingly, it is that case for a number of people. Um, and so the idea being that money comes into one account. Let's say this, this, uh, this image at the top you'll see is just one account and then it goes out again. And quite often we already have a plan for where our money's going to go um, before it even comes in, right? If you think about mortgage payments, bills, food, shopping, clothes, um, you know, accessories, new trainers that you want, uh, holidays that you're going on, maybe holidays that you've been on that you're now paying off, the car, uh, all these different things that suddenly, even before the money comes in, we've already got a plan for it going out, which is just, it's, it's incredible, right? If we, if we kind of take one step back and think about how that, what that appears like and how that is, uh, it really is quite remarkable. But that is the case again and again and again for many, many people. And so the idea of this, this, this process being um, ultimately six uh, bank accounts, six jars, if you like, and, and uh, I refer again to the, the, the website sixjars.com, which gives a really nice illustration of this. Um, that wasn't originally where I came across it, uh, but it does give a really nice illustration of it. So the idea being that moving away from this trap, if you like, of money in, money out, money in, money out, and there never being enough money at the end of the month, or you're never, you know, you're never in the position where you feel you can start saving money and you can start investing money, you know, and, and you know, you can actually watch your money grow, but it just feels like there's never enough. And it's a, it's an awful feeling. It's a horrible feeling. Uh, it's certainly a feeling that I've had in the past. Um, and whilst I don't claim to have millions and millions of, of dollars in the bank or in, uh, in assets uh, right now, I do genuinely feel that, that this process, um, well, it, it, I, I genuinely feel this process is, is taking me there, it's taking me closer, but I also feel that I, um, I, f I guess the, the best description is that I feel that I do have um, more, money, uh, more money or more wealth. Um, and that may or may not be the case, but I think it's more, uh, more because of... Um, 
the idea of what gets measured gets managed, right? And so what I'm looking to do is measure, if you like, and 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 um, and, and and manage and organise and structure my finances um, to get a better handle on them, get a better understanding of how they work, uh, and how I can you know, make sure that I, I do have more money, or at least feel like I have more money, and it's being allocated better. So. The way that this divides up, because uh, again, if you, particularly if you're watching the video uh, and you're just looking at a blank screen for the past six minutes, and if you're listening to the podcast episode, then um, well, you'll probably be a little bit more engaged than those watching the video. So let's start to draw this out. So from the income account or from the main account that most people have where income comes in, the idea being that this money then gets divided into multiple different places. Okay. Um, I'm going to probably explain more than I write, but I am going to, I'm going to draw these different places on the screen um, and for the sake of argument in that's argument there's no argument at all we're just having a conversation uh, or at least I am um, but for the sake of this example let's let's use the idea of a thousand dollars okay a thousand dollars for some people that's a lot of money for some people that's not a lot of money it really doesn't matter at this time we're just using it as an example so we're going to give the example of a thousand dollars coming in just so we've got a nice clean clear example that's easy to follow so as money comes in, the idea being that it is divided then into separate bank accounts. And yes, there are six. Yes, I have six, <laughs> if I have more than that. Uh, but yes, this is the idea. And a lot of people think that it's, it's quite unusual, certainly when I tell friends, or even when I do tell friends, they think it's strange. And you know, they've got no problem in having a good laugh about it at the same time. That's fine. But for me, it works. And uh, I find that it means that I have, as I say, a really good handle and understanding of my finances. And so the first account, let's get into the names of these. So the first account that is set up or the, the first place that, the, that money would go uh, is what we call the necessity account, okay? The necessity account. Now, 55% of your money, when it comes into that first account or when money comes in, if you like, and I, I, I would generally recommend having a holding account, which is this top one that you can see here, the, the holding account where the income is, the first place that money goes, or that the largest percentage of our money goes, is into a necessity account. And that's 55% of that money. So again, as an example, if $1,000 comes in per month, $550 would go into your necessity account. Now, what does that mean? The necessity account, the idea of the necessity account is that this is for necessities. So this is where things like your mortgage, in fact, let's do these in a different color, not for the benefit of people listening, but more for the benefit of people watching. Um, let's do this in a different color. So the idea of the necessity account is that this is for things like your mortgage. Okay, it might be for things like your car. It is um, generally the biggest expenses that people tend to have. It will be food. Okay, it will be shopping, and all these other various different things that we kind of do day to day, right? Um, where chances are the majority of uh, or where that major spend comes from probably your your main account right now that main income account well this is what the necessity account is for 55 percent of that initial money um goes into that account every single month and that is intended to cover your mortgage or rent uh car food shopping now immediately the first thing that people say is i don't have enough in there okay i don't have enough in there 55 percent of what comes in doesn't cover my mortgage and car and food and shopping so immediately we've got a challenge, right? And again, this isn't this 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 doesn't mean if if you're sat there watching or listening and saying, well that doesn't work for me, okay? So I can't do this. 
don't stop now, okay? Or at least don't abandon this right now. Hear me out. Because even if you can't get to 55% straight away, we can get there soon, all right? Or you can start to work your way there. Um, but this is, the, this is how kind of the, the, the money is divided up and how we would, I would recommend dividing it up based on what I do and, as I say, what I've learned so far. So you may be in the position where all of those things are, uh, you're living, if you like, above your means for this particular structure. You're living above your means for this particular structure if your rent, mortgage, car, food, shopping, etc., etc., don't fit into that category, all right? So that's the first thing that you would probably address if you wanted to follow this savings system. And already if you're thinking, mm, that doesn't fit for me, keep listening because I want to make sure you've got ac- um, access to or you understand all of the other areas. Right, the second one is, let's do this one next to try and lighten the mood after realising that perhaps we're already spending more from our uh, more than is in our necessity account. So the second one we're going to call our blow account. Okay. Now blow doesn't mean that white powder. All right. Let me get that very very clear right now. The blow account is money that you can spend and on things that give you enjoyment. Now that is up to you. Okay. However you want to spend that money, whatever brings you enjoyment, that is your money to spend however you like. Now the percentage wise and the the, the percentage amount of this is ten percent. Okay. So that basically means that every, well, I say every month, let's, let's give the example as we have done for income here, uh, that it's a $1,000. That means that $100 is your blow account and you can spend that on whatever you want, all right? This literally can be whatever you want. This is the feel good factor, okay? So if you enjoy, you know, this is literally what you want. I'm just going to put that in there, what you want to spend it on. And that could be, literally anything if if it if it means um uh, you know really you know, fancy nice uh, meals in a in a really top end restaurant you can do that if it's a night out with your friends you can do that if it's a um if 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 it is a you know a brand new handbag or um you might not get many handbags for a hundred dollars i don't know but i don't buy them uh if it's new trainers or whatever it might be or new shoes or or something that you just really really want then the idea being that that blow account is just there to bang, you know, make a real snap decision purchase and just say, yeah, you know what? I want to feel like I'm going first class. Let me note that down here as well. The idea that you can feel I'm going first class. And that's the intention of the blow account. So that whilst you may be, frugal is probably not the right word, but whilst you are managing your money in uh, more efficient and more effective ways in different areas, there is one account that allows you to just say, bang, let's spend that money, okay? Now, there's different approaches to the blow account and how it should work, I've heard, and I've heard varying different ones. If you are looking to, so, so the first version that I've heard is that before you get paid next, you should spend all that money, okay? So before the next $1,000 comes in, you should spend that, uh, or before, yeah, into the income account, before that or before that next $100 comes into the blow account, you should spend it, okay? And the idea being that it just means that you are constantly keeping up this, this uh, opportunity where you can splash the cash or some of your cash on things that you really enjoy doing, okay? Which is absolutely right. And it incentivizes you to do that because it still feels like you're living, uh, you know, the first class life in certain areas, which is, which is really powerful. So that's the first thing. The second thing that you might choose to do, and occasionally I do this as well, is if I know that there is something specific that I want, such as um, a, you know, a, a, a night away, a weekend away, uh, new clothes, for example, 
um, it, it, you know, a, 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 a meal um, or something like that. And you might just think, well, do you know what? Actually, that night or that evening or that meal or that weekend is going to co- probably cost me $200. So what I need to do is I need to save this month's and I need to save next month's. And if that's the case, then absolutely you can do that as well. So how you choose to do that is totally up to you. For me personally, I tend to mix and match between the two. Sometimes I'll go for a, a you know snap decision and, and a quick purchase, but other times I may want to save a little bit more. Um, when it comes to saving... The third account, and I'm drawing this out now, is what is called your LTSS. L-T-S-S. And that means long-term savings for spending. Long-term savings for spending. Now, if you think of the, um, the, the, the idea of what people say, you know, putting money away um, for a rainy day. I mean, what could be more miserable than putting away money for a rainy day? Like, seriously. Um, But that's the phrase, right? Putting money away for a rainy day. In other words, when things go wrong, right? So your long-term savings for spending, part of this is is to put money away for when things go wrong, all right? The washing machine breaks, the um, I don't know you 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 rip your your favourite dress for example or um, try to think of maybe slightly bigger purchases maybe um, you're you're buying a new car okay or you're you're paying for a holiday something like that okay so something which is a larger investment that needs you know ongoing saving the idea being that it needs ongoing saving. And these things happen, all right. They, uh, it's also referred to as like a black swan event, something that just out of nowhere just totally shakes everything up, and, and uh, you know something goes wrong. For example, it's just like bam, you've got to pay two hundred fifty dollars or two and a half thousand dollars or whatever it might be, and it just has to be paid. It's just part of life, right? Your computer breaks down and you don't have insurance. You your your camera breaks and you uh, you know your thousand pound camera or thousand dollar camera and you didn't get insurance or something like that. You you know, you sit on your sunglasses and they're $300, whatever it might be. These kind of things that just happen that you that you need to save up for. And again, obviously different people, different parts of their lives will have different things that this is applicable to. But the idea of your long-term savings for spending, this is gonna account for, um, this is gonna account for 10% of everything that you earn. So everything that comes into that first income account, 10% of it, goes into your long-term savings for spending. And this is, um, if you like, those more sizable things that you're saving up for, such as holiday, car, um, you know, sort of new car if you like, laptop, computer, um, you may well be saving towards uh, property. Okay, that might come under your long-term savings for spending. And, and just things that go wrong, okay? I'm gonna put like washing machine, which just seems to be one of those things that after, it's almost like they've got a specific life cycle. They're definitely gonna last for three years, but the idea that they might last for three years and one day is just not gonna happen at all. Um, so that's the, the next account, and that's where the next amount of money would go in your long-term savings for spending. So just to recap for, for people, particularly if you're listening to the audio, the, the podcast version of this, um, what we've got drawn down or written down so far, what we've described so far, is once that money comes in or as money comes into your main account, your income account, that one which used to have all your incomes, in, incoming and outgoing money, is now, if you like, your holding account. And it's divided so far into three 
of the six, or we've talked about three of the six different accounts where this money goes. The first one that we talked about is the necessity account. That is for your major things that come out every single month that, you, that you're always going to be paying for, right? Life, mortgage, rent, car, food, shopping, etc. 55% of the uh, total amount goes into your necessity. The next one is the blow account and 10% goes into the blow account. And this is what you want, okay? Whatever you want to spend your money on that makes you feel good, it gives you those kind of, um, uh, if you like that kind of, that little hit of adrenaline and excitement when you spend your money on that, that's okay, all right? That's normal and we, we wanna be able to, uh, if you like, literally blow off steam, right? Um, the third account uh, is your long-term savings for spending. Sorry, the blow account is 10%. I mentioned that, the long-term savings for spending. The third account is also 10%. And this is for more sizable uh, purchases, such as or savings that you might have, holidays, a new car, laptop, washing machine, things that go wrong or could go wrong and inevitably do go wrong that we want to save money for and we don't have to pull it out of those different accounts and those different places. All right, the next one is, let's just draw this here. The next one that you're gonna have, again, is, I'm just trying to think which order I want to do these in. So let's let's do the next one, which is another 10%. And this account is for education, okay? Learning, investing in yourself. Um, if I've just drawn that wrong, so let me just redraw that slightly. So the, the, the next account is education, okay? Learning, investing in yourself, upskilling yourself so that in, in whatever area it might be, and again, this is obviously totally up to you, but ideally or generally, it might be something that you're investing in yourself to further yourself, say, within uh, finances, business, um, skills that you can then, um, uh, that are going to enhance, say, your, 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 uh, the value that you can add to clients and customers. But it could also be um, skills in, a, say, a, a personal level which might be, and it literally could be anything, it might be learning a new language, it might be um, doing a new sport or something like that, um, you know, dance classes or anything that, that, that you just kind of feel is, adds value to you. One of the greatest things that we can do and continue to do is, you know, get educated and learn and, and um, learn new things and continue to improve ourselves. And so um, education and having money aside for education is one way that we can do that. And so dedicating 10% of our income, and or if you like, of the money that comes in to education is a really, really good way to do that, okay? Now, one little caveat here. Um, so I'm just gonna put improving yourself for that. And that might be classes. It could be, uh, it could be learning a language, which I mentioned, it could be dance, anything like that. Now, the one thing that I would say with education, and this is something that I do slightly differently because I have a business. Uh, and if you do, then you may choose to do this slightly differently as well. If you don't have a business, then I would recommend keeping it as it is right now. Because I have a, because I have a business, generally education that I go after or that I invest in will come from the business. So it's, you know, there's various different financial benefits for that, which I won't go into today. But generally, if I'm, if I'm investing in myself, and learning something new, you know, probably not a foreign language or dance classes, but if it's more to, to help me, say, in a business sense and learning new skills, then that investment will come from um, the, uh, the, the that, that investment will come from the business as opposed from coming into money that I pay myself from the company. And so 
the way that I do it is I actually reduce the amount of money that goes into the education fund. I either reduce it to 5% or I reduce it totally to zero. And that doesn't mean that I don't keep investing in, in education as such. But where I put that money, and this is the important one, where I put that money then goes into our fifth account, which is our, um, let me just draw this in here. It goes into the fifth account, which is ultimately your savings. This is your savings and investments, okay? This is money that you keep. And the, the best example I can give, I, I read a book, uh, again, when I was first starting to learn about finances and investments and money management and all these types of things, again, very, at a very early level, very early stage, was with the book um, which is called The Richest Man in Babylon. The Richest Man in Babylon. And I will actually Google as I'm uh, talking uh, the name of the author because I'm literally talking about this yesterday and it slipped my mind. Okay, so George Samuel uh, Classen. George Samuel Classen, C-L-A-S-O-N, uh, wrote the book The Richest Man in Babylon. Uh, and it's old. It's, you know, it's, we're talking, uh, it may almost be about 100 years old or so. Um, let's have a quick look, 1926, yeah, there you go, so 95 years old, um, but still incredibly valuable. And one of the phrases that he says in there is on the idea being that you're paying, for every time you get paid, every time money comes in, a certain portion of that money is yours to keep, okay? Imagine that for a second. After, aside from all the other bank accounts that we've just talked about and the other, the other ways that you can divide your money, just think about that for a moment, that you know, in the in this kind of busy, crazy world that we live in, where money comes in, money goes out, you know, we've got mortgages and cars and holidays and all these different things. We've already got a plan for where our money goes. And when I listened to this book the first time and he said, uh, and, and you know, or the narrator said, a certain portion of your money is yours to keep forever. That's quite incredible. That is quite incredible. Now that doesn't mean that you hide it under your bed. Okay, that's not the idea. It doesn't mean that it's yours and, and we've got this kind of this real sort of greedy idea that we're just going to keep it and get more and more and more. It's not about that at all. But the idea being that that when money comes in, generally, you know, if, if you have you, or you will have earned it through perhaps work or, or other other means um, and services, you know, that are rendered, then you can keep a portion of that money. And and the idea of your savings and investment is that this is 10% of your money. Now, savings and investments, a little bit of a boring name, uh, and I actually have a different name for it, um, which I call it my um, financial freedom account. My financial freedom account. And that, for me, it's a little bit more inspiring than savings and investment, right? So my financial freedom account gets 10% of all the money that comes in. And I mentioned previously with the education, again, education account is 10%. And I highly recommend that if you say have a, uh, a job or you work for, for, for somebody or maybe you're not in a position where um, say you don't have a company at this stage, I would still recommend that you could put 10% of your money into education. Um, as I mentioned previously, because I have a company, so the company pays for a lot of the education that I do, it then means that when I pay myself this thousand dollars, or as an example, the thousand dollars a month, that instead of ten percent going into that financial freedom account, I put twenty percent in there, ten percent from the the original amount, 
and then the 10% that I would put into education goes straight into my financial freedom account, okay? And this is, and let me just write this on here, this is money that you keep, okay? Money that you keep, it is yours to keep. It's not going anywhere. This is money that is for you to keep and you can keep hold of for as long as you want, okay? And then of course, there are different vehicles, and we'll, we'll, um, I won't go into that necessarily today, but there are vehicles that you could put your money into so that it starts to work for you. The phrase being, you know, money, your money working hard for you. And the idea being that you could put your money into investments and into various different places so that it starts to get increased percentages or it increases your wealth. And then, you know, you almost build that transition as we look at money compounding, uh, you know, it's regarded as the eighth wonder of the world, uh, compound interest, so that your money can start to grow and grow and grow. This far and away, if you are serious about um, you know, financial freedom, if you're serious about wealth building, then your financial freedom account is the number one thing that you would focus on. Even though right now to start with, it has 10% of your investments going in or your money going in there, there are ways that you can start to increase that amount. And I won't necessarily go into that today or in this, in this um, podcast episode or video, uh, but I'm more than happy to, to have a conversation about that and what that looks like and the different structures. One thing I would say is if that you are keen on that and you'd like to know more about that, which generally people do, again, just a, a sort of a tip of the cap to Dr. John D. Martini and his book, How to Make One Hell of a Profit and Still Get to Heaven, is fantastic um, and gives some really good uh, and practical strategies about increasing that 10% in your financial freedom account. Okay. All right, so let's just recap what we've got. So we've got our uh, our necessity account. 55% of money goes into the necessity account, and that's for the everyday mortgage, rent, car, food, shopping, and such. 10% goes into the blow account. This is yours to, to get out there and spend and have some fun with. The long-term savings for spending, this is things that inevitably come up that do need money to be saved for. Holidays, you know, cars, laptop, washing machine, all these different things. That's 10% as well. 10% goes into education, 10% goes towards your financial freedom account and you can gradually increase that um, and pull money from different places to increase that as well. And then the final section, the final place that money goes is your give account, okay? Let me just put here give account. And one of the, and for some people this, uh, well, let's, let's, let's start, um, Let's, let's, let's get the ball rolling first. So the give account, the idea being that a certain percentage of your money is also there to give away, okay? A certain percentage of your money is also there to give away and spend on other people or to give to uh, causes, to give to charities, to give to foundations, uh, whatever you want that to be, okay? That is money that is given away. And with this um, structure, that is 5%. So 5% of everything that you bring in allows you to then give that away. Um, for me personally, the, 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 the way that I've done that, and I've done this in a couple of different ways, um, I've, I've done that by simply putting money into that bank account and then with friends, if I go out for, say, or certainly when we could pre-COVID, going out for a meal, for example, um, then I might, you know, pay for the bill when, when, um, kind of nobody's looking, right? So it's, it's just kind of done, for, done and paid for so I can then treat friends as an example. Uh, another way that I've done that is with, um, 
um, a, a particular charity, um, which uh, is a, it's it's for it, yeah, it's kind of a, a, um, a community centre uh, where I have given money on a, a monthly basis to them, helping uh, vulnerable people in the local community, and um, so so that's kind of so I've, I've done it kind of both ways and, and tried it both ways and and felt which is. I feel more rewarding, but I also feel has the biggest impact. The one thing that I would say that for me has, um, I, that I find personally quite powerful, um, is that whilst it is very, very gratifying to be seen as the person that's giving, right? You know, if you, I mentioned the example of, of taking friends out for a meal and then say, oh, I got this, right? Um, and there's that moment of, it feels quite good, right? And it does feel good, you know, when you, when you give. Um, but then there, there's also that degree of um, uh, people people acknowledging, okay, he's done a good thing by doing that. And that's not always the, the you, you're not necessarily always doing it so that other people say, oh, isn't he great or isn't she great? And so that's why one of the, the things that I've moved to certainly over the past twelve months is actually focusing on on as much as I can giving money anonymously. Um, and again, this is just personal preference. That so that doesn't have to be how you choose to to, to give money. And you you can you know you, you can do that however you however you wish, right? That's the beauty of it. It's 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 your money, same as my money is my money, your money is your money. So you can do how um, however you would wish and however you'd like to give it away. But for me personally, I find it very gratifying to be able to do that without anybody knowing. So there doesn't need to be that awkwardness. Or for me, it feels quite awkward where people say. Oh, great job! Thank you for that. You know, you've done. You, you know, we're really grateful, and I'm sure people are grateful. But it, it's I, I much prefer, and I, ha- I feel much more comfortable if it's anonymous. And I, I, for me, I know that I'm doing it. It's beneficial for other people, or for individuals, or for companies, or for charities, or for foundations, or wherever that money may be going at that particular time, um, without necessarily it having to be, you know, a, a pat on the back for the person that's doing it. And so. Uh, that's just the, the 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 strategy that I use, and that's just how I personally choose to do it with the Give account. But again, it works for different people in different ways. And so that, and, and the idea of the Give account, just just um, again to be clear, is that it does have that. It it's got this psychological um, idea that you always have enough to give away. Okay, it's very very tempting when times get hard, and you know, for many many people over the past twelve months with COVID, times have got very very difficult, right, financially times have got very very difficult for people and so it's very very tempting to just say well no I need to look after me I need to get my money needs to come in and you know I've got to get secure with my finances and all this kind of kind of stuff um, and there's again I'm not saying there's any right or wrong with that but the, the beauty of the give account is that it it tells you almost subconsciously there is enough okay there is enough money there is enough to give away and no matter what my financial situation is I'm always going to be in a position where I've got enough money that I can give away and I can help other people. And whether that, and, and so from, I guess, that's really the power of that account, you know, that you can give money to charities, to good causes, um, and you can make a difference uh, with other people and, and uh, give that money away. The only other thing I'd say with that is uh, I've tried it different ways uh, in uh, where, again, I've given that money and emptied the account. So I've given it in one particular way. Uh, I've done it in different ways where I've uh, saved up that money for, let's say, six months or in, in one instance, even 12 months, and then made a larger donation. 
And so there are different ways that you can do that. And again, it really is up to you. But I think the, the, the most vital thing, uh, not just from the, that give account, but from the overall system and the overall structure, is that by dividing your money in, into these different systems and into these different accounts, it has a massive, massive impact on, firstly, how you approach money, the organization that you have around finances and the organization that you have around money, but it also has a really big impact on um, the, I guess, how you feel about money as well, in that, that it, you, if, you can, if you can fit within each of these, these structures and fit within each of these systems and these different percentages that I've described, that you, you always feel that you've got enough, you always feel that you're in a position where you can splash the cash a little bit and, and treat yourself, you always feel that you're, and you're always confident that there's money set aside when things go wrong. You feel that you are investing in your own education and growth. You have money which is being put aside and it's yours to keep and it will grow and grow and grow and turn into something that can pay you in the future. And you feel that you've got enough money or you feel that you're in the, a, a position where you can give money back ultimately. And and so I realised that you know, for a lot of people, I probably should have said this right at the start, but for a lot of people, the, the topic of money is, is a, um, one that people don't like talking about, right? It, it makes people feel quite uncomfortable. Some people, not everybody, but some people. And so being open to having conversations around money, not necessarily how much you've got or anything like that, but just the way that money is structured and it allows you to do more of what you want to do and still give back at the same time, I think is very, very powerful. And so I'm going to wrap this up now. Um, let me just recap one more time, particularly for people listening to the podcast episode, uh, what the different uh, amounts are and the different accounts and how they're divided up. And just to be, again, just for full transparency, yes, I do have six different bank accounts, uh, more than, uh, but a minimum uh, that I have six different bank accounts set up to divide money into different places um, so that it is allocated and spent in different ways. And so as the example being that when money comes in to say, let's say your, your main income account, or if you like a holding account, that it is then divided either automatically or manually. I still prefer to do mine manually because I, I feel that I have a better handle over the finances if I do it manually, uh, but other people prefer automated. When that money comes in, 55% of it goes into your necessity. This is your mortgage, rent, car, food, shopping, money that is being spent every single day on living, if you like. 10% of that, uh, 10, or 10% of the, the, the total amount that comes in goes to your, your blow account, okay? This is spending, this is money that you can spend on you, money that you can um, kind of splash the cash and feel good about yourself and, and feel that you, know, you can have that kind of first class experience where you're spending your money and you don't have any guilt. That's the important thing, it's guilt free. Money that goes out the blow account is totally guilt free. Next is the long-term savings for spending, and this is 10% again. This is for more sizable um, amounts of money that are going out, or um, and, and that generally could be, for example, property-related, it could be holidays, it could be uh, cars, it could be a new laptop that you get in, it might be if, if uh, kitchen appliances or household appliances break down, then you've got money set aside and you don't have to dip into other savings and take money from other places. The next account is education, continually investing in yourself and growing yourself and educating yourself and learning more in all different areas of life. And that's 10% that goes into that account as well. The financial freedom account, this is the one that ultimately, if you continue to, to um, feed and continue to put money into, 
can bring you long-lasting wealth. And this is the thing that can mean in the, in the longer term, money works for you rather than you working for money. Uh, initially, that may start with 10%. This is yours to keep. And you can then look at different savings and investment vehicles to help that money grow, help that money compound so that it is worth more and more to you in the future. And then the final account is the give account. This is 5% of all money that comes in. And this is for you to give away to other people, to charity, to good causes or, or causes that you feel are worthy, that you are you know, comfortable giving your money to, that you'd like to give your money to. Um, it could be charity, foundations, um, all these various different places that ultimately give that balance between uh, how how you're spending your money, you know. So it's 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 between the essentials, it's between giving money um, uh, or spending money on yourself, but then also always having enough money to give away as well. So whether you've been listening to this episode as a as a podcast or whether you've been watching this, um, it's not really been much of a spectator sport if you've been watching the. Uh, <laughs> the the example on the blog, but I may well just take a screenshot of what I've drawn out and uh, and make that available as well. So if this has been useful, do let me know. Um, if if you're doing some of these things already, do let me know. If you'd like any help or support with this, please let me know. Uh, as I say, I'm I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not I'm not qualified in any way. This is just something that I picked up from my mentor Paul Omani, uh, from books that I've read, uh, including I mentioned already the Richest Man in Babylon. And uh, a personal favourite of mine, which is Dr. John D. Martini's How to Make One Hell of a Profit and Still Get to Heaven. And the other example, uh, also sorry, the other uh, website which I mentioned, which is called sixjars.com. Thanks very much. And if you're watching this or listening to this, I look forward to seeing you and speaking with you very, very soon. Take care. Hi friends, Jake here again. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find links to anything that we've discussed books, trainings, other podcasts, uh, anything currently that we're enjoying, you will find those in the show notes or you'll find it somewhere in and around all the information that you usually find in a podcast. And a reminder that if you'd like to know more about what I do, if you want more of tools, resources, any recommendations, readings, uh, free training, products and such, then you can find all of that on the website jakeadamdavy.com. Equally, if you want to come over and say hello, Instagram is always the best place and the account is at Jake Adam Davey. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave us a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. So if you've heard something or listened to something that you've enjoyed yourself and you think will be beneficial or useful to other people, please do pass that on. It will be very much appreciated. And as you know, when you get a recommendation from somebody that you trust, there really is nothing better. Thank you so much. And until next time, stay on mission, do something extraordinary for others, keep inspiring and keep growing your circle of influence. Goodbye.